D F S. It is Friday, November 18th here in Draft Shark Studios remote this week. Uh, welcome to our Week 11 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schauff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. But, Jared, I'm further away from you than usual this time at the Hilton Garden Inn, Stony Brook, New York, for a family wedding. But we still have a slate, a regular slate, the Week 11 NFL slate. So we got to talk about the guys that we're playing, right? Interesting slate with the Bills game moving to, to Detroit. The Bills did not leave Buffalo yet, so now there's like talk that they don't know how they're going to get there in time for Sunday's game. So we'll see uh, how that, that plays out. Yeah, there's no snow for us here, but we saw pictures of what it looks like at the Bills Stadium yeah. right now. Yeah. And it certainly looks like a good idea that they did cancel that game. I'm surprised that the team didn't leave yet. You would think that um, pro sports teams would have that stuff figured out yeah. by now to know to get ahead of that. But, you know, like you said, they're not playing there, so we don't have to factor the weather into that game. We'll talk about whether any of those guys factor into our DFS lineups this week. First, though, Cash QB, Jared, it's not Josh Allen for you here, is it? No, it's not. Um, I'm I'm sticking with Justin Fields. I'm gonna keep riding this train. Um, he's gonna cool off eventually. And, and and listen, you're not gonna probably get the ceiling type games we got the last two weeks. That, you know, forty pointers. But look back to the two games before that. He put up uh, twenty four and twenty six DraftKings points. That feels like a reasonable expectation in another good matchup against Atlanta. Um, Twelve point four carries per game from Fields over the last five. I mean, that that's why we're playing him. Any quarterback getting that's you know more than Lamar Jackson, more than Josh Allen, more than Jalen Hurts. Like, that's insane rushing volume for a quarterback. So, um, despite his price being up more than $2,000 from a few weeks ago, from two weeks ago, um, I, I do think Fields is, is the best cash game play quarterback this week. Still makes me smile every time we talk about him. That, by the way, not only it's, is that a good carry total among quarterbacks, <laughs> but that's two more carries per game than Devin Singletary is getting as the Bills' lead <laughs> running back. So, yeah, he's not going to score twice a week on the ground, but – He's certainly as good a bet as pretty much anybody else in the league to score once on the ground. For sure. If you do want to go cheaper, because as you mentioned, Justin Fields is getting more expensive as those points pile up. We do have Russell Wilson at 5,800. We have Daniel Jones at 5,700 leading our DK dollars per point projections in the lineup generator this week. I don't think I could pull the Russell Wilson trigger even against the Raiders this week, Jared. I think if I'm going cheap, I got to go Daniel Jones. They're facing the numbers one and two QB scoring matchups by our adjusted fantasy points allowed. So that's the the primary thing, pumping up the projections on those two QBs. But the rushing for Daniel Jones, plus just not playing poorly like Russell Wilson all season, (laughs) makes me feel a little bit better about going that way than going with Russ. Yeah, if Russ had a healthy group of pass catchers, he might be worth considering in cash. But I do think Daniel Jones, and I I think Dak Prescott, too, at um, 6,600 is worth considering for cash. If you do want to have more money to spend elsewhere, I think coming down from fields to those guys is okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, I agree with that. On the tournament side, who do you like at QB? I'm playing Josh Allen here. I'm assuming that game, you know, kicks off on Sunday. It's part of the main slate. I mean, we're getting Josh Allen in the dome against a pretty bad Cleveland defense, um, both against the run and against the pass. We know Allen can contribute in both of those departments. The, the Bills, you know, they didn't change their game plan last week because of Allen's elbow injury. They were still pass heavy. They still let Allen run it six times. And I mean, what I, I mean, so if you're playing Allen, you need him to significantly outscore just, Justin Fields. You know, you need Allen to put up 35 and Fields to, you know, go for one of those 24-point games. But Allen's coming in at 8% projected ownership first 14% for Justin Fields. So I'll take my chances on Allen at half the ownership. And who are you stacking with him if you do that? Mix and matching uh, Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, and Dawson Knox. Probably playing two of those three guys in every Allen lineup I make. Any Browns from the other side? 
Yep. Um, I think Cooper and DPJ I'll consider. I'd like to get Nick Chubb, but it's, it's tough to try to fit Nick Chubb in a Josh Allen lineup. So I think Co- Cooper especially I think is a good tournament play this week. I mean, we've seen him throughout his career be up and down, right? You know, he'll have the big spike weeks. He'll have the duds. And he's coming off a dud, but I think, you know, he's, he's plenty possible, you know, going for 20-plus again in this matchup. Plus, on the Nick Chubb front, if you really get a tournament-winning kind of performance from Josh Allen, it's likely that the Bills get way ahead in that game as opposed to falling behind and chasing. Yeah. So it, it probably hurts the situation for Nick Chubb, probably makes it an even better idea to target those wide receivers. Yeah, I I'd agree with a lot of guys, but Chubb just has such a penchant for ripping off the long runs. That, like, mm-hmm. if, if he opens the game with a 60 yard touchdown run, then you're like, you're, you're, you're kind of off to the races with that stack. So I definitely prefer the two wide receivers as runbacks, but I do think you could consider getting Chubb in there. Again, yeah. it's, it's just tough with the salary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would agree that it's certainly not Nick Chubb's not out of consideration, but it just might be if you're, if you're looking at the likelihoods, it's more likely that the wide receivers come with them. I think another plan at quarterback I like this week is Joe Burrow, 6,800 bucks on here plus both of his receivers t higgins 7100 tyler boyd 6500 the ownership i think is going to stay down where it's projected right now for burrow a little bit higher on t higgins lower on tyler boyd but we just had the joe mixon blow up game the last time we saw the Bengals. he's projected for high ownership this week they're playing a defense though that plays the run much better than the pass so there's certainly plenty of room for joe mixon to you know struggle obviously relative to the last time he was out, but even versus his normal weeks and have it be a more pass favoring game plan for them. And I think you're going to get that group at low ownership. I think you can put Burrow at Higgins and Boyd in the same lineup, even though it's a bit pricey, mm-hmm. the running back options this week, I think helps support going down that Avenue. Yeah. I, I love this call. It's awesome. Leverage off Joe Mixon, who's going to be the most popular running back play and no one wanted to play this guy two, three weeks ago before his big game, because he had been struggling with efficiency despite seeing the massive workload. So I'd like to call it. It's tough. I wish Higgins and or Boyd were a bit cheaper, but you know that's only going to make the stack lower owned. And we, we, we've seen Burrow have games of 35 and 42 DraftKings points this season. He had three games of 30 plus DraftKings points last year. So despite the fact that he doesn't run a whole lot, he's shown you know, tournament winning ceiling throughout the last couple seasons. And on the other side of this one, if I do play that Bengals group, I don't, I'm most likely not running back any Steelers just because <laughs> it's a bad offense. The Bengals are a negative scoring matchup for everything across the offense and both by fantasy points allowed and coverage. Like the, if you look at everybody available, George Pickens seems interesting. I just yep. don't think he has the quarterback to give him that ceiling game that pays off. Like if I had to pick one, I think Pat Fryermuth might be my most likely target at 4,200 bucks. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think Frymuth's the best, uh, you know, play from the Steelers on this slate. Um, I, I still have some interest in Pickens. I know he, he hasn't delivered the past couple games, but I still think the upside is there. Bengals missing their their top corner Shelby Awuzie as well, so that that helps the matchup. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't argue against anybody playing Pickens in that format. And it's always a good thing to mention Shelby Awuzie as one of the more fun names to say in the league. Running back, Jared, what are you playing for cash? And so I am going to start with Joe Mixon and Cash. Um, and, and honestly, I think, you know, Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Taylor are only a few hundred dollars more expensive and they're in play too. But Mixon's the cheapest of that group. I think all three of those guys are awesome volume bets. You know, Mixon averaging 16.8 carries, 5.6 targets per game. He's actually tied with Austin Eckler for the most expected PPR points per game among running backs. And the other reason I lean Mixon over Jacobs and Jonathan Taylor is just, just kind of our cash game process, playing running backs that are favorites with high implied totals, 
Taylor and Jacobs are underdogs in their games. They have lower implied totals than the Bengals do at 22 points. The Bengals are favorites against the Steelers. So, again, I think those other two guys are good plays. And you can even mess around with lineups that get two of them in there. But um, Mixon's the guy I'm going with among those three. I'm starting with Jonathan Taylor. I, I mean, I know that they're projected underdogs here. I still think he'll get plenty of volume no matter how the game flow goes. And, you know, we usually lean on stats for how good or bad a defense is, but here's a measure of how poorly the Eagles run D is playing right now. Since the last time they played in that first loss of the season against Washington, where they got run over, they have signed two veteran defensive tackles to the <laughs> defense. They added Damakong Su, they added Linval Joseph. So clearly they're like, okay, this is a problem. I thought we could go <laughs> yeah. without it, but we need to fix it. I'm not counting on that being fixed by this week. And actually, after the Sue signing, I saw from Seth Walder of ESPN that Ndamukong Sue didn't really rate very well as a run defender last year. He finished 69th out of 70 qualifying defensive tackles in run-win rate. So not really stopping ball carriers. I'll take Jonathan Taylor here at 7,800, which is a great price for him, too. Yeah, and Taylor's had a pretty nice passing game role, too, throughout the season. And now, of course, there's no Naheem Hines. So I think he, he is safe, even if the Eagles do mm-hmm. fall. Yeah, in that game, he's going to remain involved. Um, I'm also going to pe- play Ramondre Stevenson in cash. You know, Damian Harris back for this game against the Jets. I still think, you know, Stevenson's the favorite for carries, you know, maybe like a 60-40 split. But it, it's really the passing game role that we're playing Stevenson for. He has five-plus targets in four straight games now in six of his last seven. He got all seven of his targets in the first game against the Jets. Also had 16 carries in that game. So I think he's a good price at 6,700. And then I, I think David Montgomery is the other cash game play at running back 6,100 bucks. I mean, I wish he had more of a passing game role. He has just 1.4 targets per game over his last five. I mean, I think he's a pretty good bet for, you know, 15 to 20 carries in this game with Clayle Herbert out good matchup against Atlanta. So, you know, Montgomery's not a must play at his price because of the passing game stuff. Um, but I think he's a, he, he's a good play. Yeah, and because his quarterback takes some of those rushing touchdowns, but I agree that he's a good play here. Are you playing David Montgomery and Justin Fields in the same cash lineup? Yes, as of now I am, which, I, which I'm okay with. I mean, run heavy offense, good matchup. I think you're soaking up the vast majority of Bears touchdowns with those two guys. Yeah, I think it's one of the few offenses where you can justify it, especially with the matchup they had this week. I think Antonio Gibson at 5,600 is also in play yep. for cash against Houston. <laughs> Normally a team's number two running back is not going to be somebody I want to play in cash, but – Gibson's very close to Brian Robinson in terms of how much how much time yeah. they spend on the field, how many touches he gets. And this is the kind of matchup that should give plenty of opportunities to both players. 5,600, a good price. And he obviously has that receiving upside over Brian Robinson, which helps for sure in the full PPR format. Yeah, I like that call. I'm going to have one of these Washington running backs in probably every tournament lineup I make. Um, you know, they're, they're cheap, which we need this week. It's a pretty tight pricing week. So we have, like you said, Antonio Gibson at 5,600 bucks, Brian Robinson at 5,300 bucks. I, I prefer Gibson among the two because of the pass catching role. Um, but, you know, you save a few hundred bucks with Brian Robinson. I think both these guys are, are going to have success on the ground against Houston, who we've been attacking all season on the ground. And you know, again, we, we, we just saw Washington go super run heavy last week, 49 runs in that win over the Eagles, to just 29 passes. I think you, know, you could see a similar breakdown on Sunday. Yeah. Robinson's going to be my guy on FanDuel as opposed to on here because they're yep. not, not enough receiving and, you know, they're both being used around the goal line. So he's not necessarily in charge of all the touchdowns and he remains inefficient on the ground in terms of stacking up the yards. So I'm not sure he has the ultimate tournament upside, So it's going to be Gibson for me here. And I will play Gibson in tournament lineups. I was interested to see Damian Pierce's um, projected ownership. And I think 
he's a good example of where the ownership projection matters because he's 6,500. It's a good price for the way he's been getting the ball and producing this year. I think that if he were coming in in single digits, it's a negative matchup against Washington. So I was wondering if his ownership would be down because we always talk about how sharp the DFS players are at this point. I wouldn't have been surprised if he was lower than usual. He's not though. 24% projected ownership in our lineup generator leads all running backs right now. So that makes me, instead of being interested in Pierce, it makes me fade him because of the matchup that I just mentioned. Yeah, he was a fade for me last week. He's going to be a fade for me this week um, because of the ownership and because as steady as he's been this season, he hasn't shown a, a big ceiling. He only has one game with more than 20 DraftKings points, you know, just being on a bad offense. He's not a good touchdown bat. He has an okay pass catching role, but like he's not going to go out and catch like seven or eight passes. Um, yeah, so I think in general, Pierce is a good tournament fade and especially that ownership. Mm-hmm. Who else do you like among tourney running backs? I think I'm going to go back to Alvin Kamara again. Um, I've played him the past two weeks. He, he's killed me. I mean, the, the Saints the last two weeks, they've scored 13 and then 10 points. And the biggest problem, they've run 49 and then 45 offensive plays. Um, now, you know, Kamara still, he's played 88 and 79% of the snaps in those two games. He has 81% of the running back carries. He has a 14% target share. So the usage, the usage is still there. He just needs a game where the Saints offense is decent. Um, I, I, I think they'll at least have the ball in this game. Cause I don't think the Rams offense is going to be, be able to do anything. So maybe we'll at least get up to, you know, 60, 65 plays again for the saints. Um, and I, I'm expecting Kamara to come in, you know, pretty low on cause he is coming off a, a couple duds now. I won't be bumping up his ownership rate. So that'll help you in your tourney lineups. Tony Pollard at 6,500, same price as Damian Pierce, I think is much more interesting whether Zeke's in or out. And we, have we gotten the status on Zeke yet? It seems like he's proud. He's leaning toward playing, right? Yeah, he said he was leaning towards playing yesterday, and then Jerry Jones again said today that you know Zeke is going to play this game. Of course, Jerry said that all last week too, but it, it does sound like Zeke's going to play on Sunday. I don't think he can even see when Zeke is inactive. He's like, oh, he's having a good game out there this week. Um, DeAndre Swift is in the same range, 6,100. I think he's interesting for a tournament lineup. At some point, his yeah. workload is going to spike, and I, you know maybe it won't spike. Maybe it just raises some but there is the potential that it does spike. And if you happen to be on board for that week where it spikes way beyond what it's been, then, I mean, you're getting a big advantage on the field. Yeah. I think with Smith, you should just either be like, I'm going to play him every week now until he goes off again, or I'm just not going to play him and I'm going to miss it. I've, I've kind of taken, you know, the ladder stance there and have not been playing Swift, but like if you've been playing, I think you got, you got to keep at it. Yeah. And I think it's okay to take either side of that. Cause yeah, again, maybe it doesn't spike. Jamal Williams has been fine. Maybe they gradually, move swift up and because jamal williams is there because he's taken so many rushing touchdowns you know it lowers the ceiling for swift but a fully healthy swift with the work we know what the upside can look like michael carter is one more low owned potential play i want to throw out 5400 against the patriots so he loved the salary savings there you know you got to figure he's involved in the passing game didn't do anything special in the first meeting but the kind of guy that's going to be interested that's going to be involved no matter what the Jets do on yeah. offense in this game. I think I'd rather play Melvin Gordon in that range. I think Oof. he's in, in for a similar workload in a, in a much better matchup. Yeesh. I don't think I could play Melvin <laughs> Gordon in any DFS format. Nah. <laughs> either could I. I I'm just, I, I couldn't play Carter either. All right. That's fair. Wide receiver for cash. What do you like? Um, starting with Cortland Sutton at 6K. This is assuming Jerry Judy's out, which it looks like that's going to be the case. We saw Sutton get 11 targets last week, 26% target share with Judy missing you know, basically that entire game per our buddy, John Daigle um, Sutton seen a 28% target share this season when Jerry Judy's not on the field. So I think, you know, that's about the range that we can expect 
on Sunday. And he gets the Raiders 25th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. Sutton went for 52 yards and a score against the Raiders back in week four. And that was with Jerry Judy on the field. Mm-hmm. It's kind of amazing how Jerry Judy being on the field makes Cortland Sutton invisible for quarterbacks, <laughs> right. but it's been the case. Yeah. I, I'm, I've never been a big Cortland Sutton fan. Even I'm like, yeah, Cortland Sutton's a little tough not to play this week. I also like Paris Campbell at 4,300 against the Eagles, nine plus targets and seven plus catches in each of Matt Ryan's past three games. Uh, Jacoby Myers, 5,500, 13 targets in the first meeting with the Jets, 15th in the league in receptions per game on the season, also tied for 20th among wide receivers in DK salary. So really just a good value here. I, I think he's in play for a tournament lineup. I'm probably leaning away from him because I'm not sure that – I'm not betting on Jacoby Myers having a big game here. I do yeah. think that Paris Campbell, though, is more interesting for a tournament lineup than he might seem. If you just look at the type of player he is and look at the offense he's in, it can be easy to not realize that the past three times he's played with Matt Ryan, he scored 18.7, 23, and 20.6 PPR points. Yeah, and in the slot and short is where you want to attack the Eagles' pass defense, and that that's Paris Campbell. I was surprised to see him coming in at just 5% projected ownership. And then for Michael Pittman to be at 16% projected ownership, when Pittman's you know $1,800 more, I kind of thought that'd be flipped coming off Campbell's big game. Um, you know, we'll see if that changes. Um, but I think Campbell's a great tournament play if he you know stays in the single-digit ownership. Um, and I'm going to play Paris Campbell in cash. I'm also going to play Terry McLaurin in cash at 5900 bucks. Um you know, the concern here is that, again, we do expect Washington to go run heavy, but they went run heavy last week and McLaurin had a big game because he got a 38% target share and he has a 30% target share now in his four games with Taylor Honey. So even if, you know, the commanders do only throw it 30 times, like you're, you're, you're going to probably get eight to 10 targets out of, out of Terry McLaurin. Um, and, and this matchup's fine too. Houston is, is 10th in adjusted points allowed to wide receivers. You know, that's because they faced the second fewest pass attempts. If you look at the efficiency stuff, they're actually below average first wide receivers. They're also uh, potentially missing their their rookie corner, Derek Stingley. He's a game-time decision for this one after hurting his hamstring in practice this week. So that would be a boost in McLaurin's matchup. And elsewhere on cornerback injuries, because we were talking about the slot against the Eagles, they placed Avante Maddox on IR this week. So he's out for at least this game plus three more. So it should continue to be a good spot to target that defense. Yep, for sure. Who else you got at tournament wide up? Yeah, so I mentioned the Colts guys. Um, you know, I, I'll probably play whichever one comes in at lower ownership. That looks like Paris Campbell at this point. Um, I do think you're going to have you know high passing volume from the Colts and you know Michael Pittman too. You know Campbell has the low A dot at five point five yards. Michael Pittman's A dot is six point five yards. So you know he's working the short area of the field too, where you want to attack the Eagles. Um, I got a crazy one. Deshaun Jackson minimum price three K. Um, we saw him debut. Um, in Baltimore's last game was that was it Sunday night or Monday night against the Saints um, only ran seven pass routes but was targeted on two of them like if you watch the game like when he was out there it was clear they were looking to get him the ball um, hurt his hamstring in like the second quarter not surprising but he's off the injury report this week um, so you know it, it's it's a long shot but if you need salary savings Deshaun Jackson we know he can make a, a big play if he if he needs to hey and he was in Kevin's 100k lineup way back then right he was, yeah, way back. Back when he played for Washington two two nicknames ago. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones is also in play for me here, 4600 bucks. whether I'm playing bills or not, whether I need the salary savings or not. Six straight weeks of four-plus catches for him. That's not a big number, but that's good consistency for somebody who's still priced down in the mid-4K range. 
four straight games over 11 PPR points without a touchdown. So again, 11 PPR points is not what we're looking for here. But if you take what he's been doing and just make one of those catches a touchdown, all of a sudden he's got a very good week for you at his price. He's 26th among wide receivers in receiving yards for the season. That's total receiving yards still headed for single digit ownership. So he's like quietly succeeding in fantasy, probably uh, especially because he hasn't been scoring touchdowns. Yeah, I guess the touchdowns and lack of touchdowns is probably why his ownership's not higher. I'm kind of surprised it's only coming in at 7% projected ownership. I mentioned Amara Cooper before, too, um, 4% projected ownership on Cooper. That, that's when you want to play Cooper. When people are off him, get back on Amari. Yes, especially when they're playing inside. Makes it even easier. Tight end for cash, Jared. What do you like? Yeah, there are quite a few decent options in like the mid to upper 3Ks. Um, my cash lineup right now has Hayden Hurst in there, 3500 bucks. Um Pretty steady target bet this season for the position. He's averaging 5.3 targets per game. He has four plus catches in six of nine games this season. Um, Middling matchup against Pittsburgh. They're 17th in adjusted points allowed to tight ends. Hurst went for um, five catches and 46 yards on eight targets in the week one meeting against the Steelers. And I mean, we haven't seen his volume grow without Jamar Chase, but it's still possible he you know comes out with you know a seven or eight target game one of these weeks as long as Chase is out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I also like him in a tournament lineup that with Joe Burrow, like I was talking about before, um, mm-hmm. probably in place of one of the two wideouts. I'm not sure that I would play all three of those guys unless you're really just betting on Joe Burrow going absolutely nuts this week. Yeah, agreed. I also like Greg Dulcich, 3800 bucks, Tougher after last week because he let us down, but he's still been over 70% route rate every game so far. He's still headed for higher ownership, so that's probably going to keep him out of tournament lineups. But the matchup is great. The Raiders are soft against everything. We mentioned Jerry Judy likely being out for Cortland Sutton's purposes. Obviously, having Judy out and other wide receiver injuries that they're dealing with would certainly help the potential targets for Dulcich in this game. I'm going to take the under on that 12% projected ownership on Dulcich. I think he'll come in lower than that. I, I like him. I think he's in play for cash. I think the other guy in play for cash would be Foster Moreau, who's played a nice role with Darren Waller out. Um, I like both those guys. In tournaments as well. Yeah. Yep. They're both on my list for tournament play. Foster Moreau, 3,700 bucks. Other side of that game, of course. What else are you playing at tight end for tournament? Yeah, we'll have to see about Mark Andrews. Um, it seems like he's on track to play, and his price is actually down to the lowest it's been since week five at 6,800 bucks. So um, you know, he, he still easily has the highest ceiling among tight ends on the slate. Then I like both tight ends in the Cowboys-Vikings game. We haven't really talked about that game yet. I, I do like it. Um, it has the third highest over-under on the main slate. Uh, the Cowboys are third in situation neutral pace. The Vikings are seventh in neutral pace. So uh, it should be a, a fast-paced game. Lots of plays. We like that. And then Hawkinson and Schultz have both just been in really nice roles. Um, Hawkinson, 22 and 20% target shares in his two games with the Vikings. Schultz has a 20% target share over his last three games. He's finally healthy. Um, so I, I think both those guys, Hawkinson, 53, Schultz, 43, are um, you know, probably the second and third best like raw point plays on this slate behind Mark Andrews. I agree with all of that. I, Mark Andrews is nice to look at this week because of the price versus upside with what else is available. And I'm surprised the Cowboys Vikings is just fourth this week in game total. You mentioned third on the main slate. We've also got the Chiefs game mixed in there as well. I'm surprised that this game is not projected for more points because I I do definitely think it could go over. For sure. I mean, I I think both defenses are solid. um, So there's a chance it disappoints, but I also think there's a chance you get, you know, 55, 60 points out of it. Yeah, and I also think that overall the offenses are stronger than the defenses in this game, at least at, at skill level. 
Um, defense, I like the Steelers at 2,300 against the Bengals. They had the big week one against Cincinnati in that one. You know, we've talked about Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon as plays here, but when you're talking about yeah. the Steelers as cheap as they are, they certainly could have a good defensive game, even with the Bengals scoring points, as we saw in that opener. Steelers are tied for second in projected ownership, though, so they're probably not going to be in my tournament plans at the position. Yep, I'm with you there, exactly. Um, always looking for the cheapest viable play at defense for cash. That's the Steelers this week. You know, they, they had the defensive touchdown and the five takeaways in the first game against Cincinnati. Can't count on that, but they did have seven sacks, and the Bengals have allowed the third most sacks per game this season, so I do think the Steelers with T.J. Watt back are a good sack bet. On the tournament side, the three I'm looking at, um, both defenses in the Saints-Rams game, I mean, it has, what, a 38-and-a-half point over-under, I think. I mean, it could be ugly. Uh, both those defenses could have nice games. And then the Jets at uh, 2800 bucks. They've just been a good defense for a while now, and you know, I don't have much uh, confidence in Mac Jones and that Patriots offense. Yep, those are the other two defenses I have down as well. Are you playing Saints defense and Alvin Kamara in your tournament lineup? Oh, yeah, you know it. There you go. I do like the Rams at 2,900 better versus Andy Dalton because Andy Dalton and because it, I think it's a better defense overall right now. But, you know, like you said, I think they're both in play. Yeah. I mean, the Rams have been a good matchup for defenses all season. Now there's no Cooper Cup, which was the only thing working on that offense. <laughs> yes, it was. Well, that'll do it for the week 11 DraftKings podcast. You can head over to Draft Sharks now and play around with the lineup generator to build your own lineups for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo. You can also find Jared's articles highlighting top picks for cash and GPP lineups on DraftKings. If you're watching us on stream, stick around. We'll hit FanDuel after about a five-second break. For Jared Small and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.